Well, that gospel was a feel good, wasn't it? We are here today continuing an idea that we began last week. This idea that Matthew puts forward in his gospel of chosenness and discipleship and man, Jesus does not hold back. Last week, we talked about the idea of chosenness when it came to the Israelites. The Israelites had fulfilled a promise that God made to Abraham centuries before they were taken out of Egypt and taken to Mount Sinai and given the Ten Commandments and really given that charge to become Jewish, to be God's chosen people. And we talked about chosenness as, yeah, feeling good maybe in the moment, but actually chosenness takes on a lot of responsibility. Being chosen by God means there's a lot that you are called to do. This idea of chosenness comes with a burden, and that burden continues all the way through Israelite history as the Jewish people develop all the way to this point where Jesus is calling his disciples and then telling them what discipleship really means. Now, this idea of discipleship, we toss that word around a lot. But the root of disciple, the actual definition of that word, means learner. Being a disciple, yes, means following, but being a disciple at its core means that we continue to learn. Discipleship is a path that we are called to walk that is really rooted in humility, rooted in this idea that we will continue to put ourselves in a position where we know we do not know everything. We know enough to know we don't know everything. And that as we continue on this path, regardless of how good we think we are and how successful we might be, we have something to learn, something that we can learn from Jesus to help us be more and more the person that we were created to be. Now, last week, we hosted 100 kids here for Vacation Bible School. And VBS is one of my favorite weeks of the year because it's just nothing but sugar and joy. And VBS this year was just the same. We had a theme this year that was based on the idea of game playing, twists and turns. And there was a phrase that we shouted to the children that was meant to both be formative and also to get them to stop making noise. That was, following Jesus changes the game. It was a great little phrase. And I was thinking of that as I was reading through today's gospel lesson because in a very real way, what Jesus is saying to his disciples right here in this passage is that when they follow him, everything changes. Following Jesus definitely changes the game. Following Jesus means that we are called to turn away from our fundamental self-centeredness. And don't hear bad person. That's not what I mean. I mean simply that human need to focus on ourselves, to take care of ourselves, to seek security. Jesus calls us out of that kind of stance and into something, something so much better. Now, as Jesus speaks of discipleship today, I'm not going to lie, he uses some pretty harsh words. Jesus says, I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. This idea that Jesus loves everybody can often feel like a nice warm hug. And then we get Jesus today in Matthew saying, I've not come to bring peace, but a sword. We might think, what? How did that make it in the gospel? How did this entire passage we just read make it in the gospel? Because there's so many parts of it that seem counterintuitive. 
I know for me, I come from a big family. One entire branch of my family is that big kind of old world Catholic family. And I grew up every summer and every Christmas going up to see all the family. And when I say big, I mean our parties used to have not a couple dozen people, but a hundred plus people. And I was related to everybody. We would go to house to house to house and we would see first cousins and second cousins and second cousins once removed and third cousins and all of them removed in some way. I was related to everybody. And even if you don't come to a, from a big family like that, we probably all in some way understand that family, that family unit that we come out of or that we have shaped ourselves is something we hold as so precious that when we come from a family unit, we can often think that family is everything, that family comes first. And Jesus goes on today to say, do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother. And whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And it is natural for us to wonder what he is talking about. And so let's put Matthew in a little bit of context. And now we know there are four Gospels. I hope so, right? Four, therefore. Um, we know that each of the Gospel writers seeks to tell a particular story of Jesus. It's as if you had four friends tell your story. They would all be true, but they'd all be from that person's perspective. And so as Matthew writes the story of Jesus, Matthew puts right at the top first priority, trying to explain Jesus to a Jewish audience. Matthew really wants the Jewish audience right there in Jerusalem and beyond to understand that Jesus is something special, not just a nice teacher, not just a special healer, but that Jesus actually fulfills the messianic prophecies, the promises that have been made over centuries to the Jewish people. Jesus is fulfilling what God promised God would do so long ago. And so put yourself in the first century with good Jewish families. Jesus comes and says, it's me. I'm the son of God. I am the Messiah. You should follow me. But most of the Jewish authorities, that Jewish structure, the people who hold tight to the Jewish traditions say Jesus is not that person. Well, Matthew here is trying to get the good Jews to follow Jesus. And he knows, really understands that if a good Jew were to choose to follow Jesus, they would be turning away from their family. They'd be turning away from their tradition. They would be setting themselves up to be in conflict with the people who love them most and who tell them most how to live because they're choosing a different path. And so when Matthew writes this story, he's not necessarily writing it for us first. Matthew's really trying to address the challenge that Jews in the first century would have faced if they chose to follow Jesus because following Jesus would go against all of the stuff that they had been taught. The irony, of course, is that Jesus as the Messiah actually fulfills all the stuff that they had been taught, but that's not the way families function. And so Matthew writes this passage for first century Jews to give them the strength and the courage to make that good choice. Now fast forward 2,000 years and in the 21st century, we might 
be tempted to think that following Jesus is a whole lot easier than it would have been in the first century. But I may offer you a challenge. Following Jesus, really following Jesus, might even be harder now than it was 2,000 years ago. And part of that is because our culture seems to think they understand what actually following Jesus is all about. Say a couple prayers, say the right words, wear a cross around your neck, and check you're good, you're Christian. Nope. Last week I talked a little bit about recruiting high school athletes to college, and I thought about this again this week as I watched a portion of the NBA draft. And as person after person was drafted, they would put on the hat and they would smile, and then they'd go sit on the couch And they would have a little bit of an interview where someone would ask them a series of questions like, tell me how great it must feel to be you. How great are you at doing X, Y, and Z? Why do you think that team would want you to go and do the thing that they need done on their team? And person after person talked about their success, their achievement, their ability, and they were praised, they were celebrated, they were tweeted about for being so excellent. And that, that's actually what our world does. Our world celebrates achievement. Our world celebrates success, celebrates excellence. And it is really difficult to uncouple ourselves from that way of being when Jesus is inviting us into something totally different. Now, success, achievement, excellence, none of that's a problem until that becomes more important than actually humbling ourselves to learn what God is trying to teach us. That humility, placing ourselves in a position where we know we can always learn more and become better and be kinder, and be more conciliatory, more peaceful, more loving, more just, that is really what the call to discipleship is all about. And that is what is so very countercultural. A life of discipleship means we strive to be more and more like the person God hopes that we would be, that we were created to be. And sometimes that means we make decisions that our family won't like, that our friends won't like, that our colleagues or our neighbors won't like. And when we do that, it's easy for us to say, well, we can back away from doing a hard thing that we know we are being called into as disciples of Jesus because, well, we want to keep things smooth. We don't want to build conflict. We don't want to rock the boat. And instead, Jesus here is saying, Following me means that you will face trials and not the kind of trials you might imagine, but the small, micro, deep, personal, and emotional trials with the people who you may love most in the world because you have made a strong, firm, faithful decision. This is not easy. Discipleship is not easy. And yet at the very end of today's passage, we hear Jesus say, those who find their life will lose it, 
and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Jesus gives us this promise that if we just hang with him, that if we commit to him, if we follow this path, yes, the world may say that we lose. But in God's economy, in Jesus's reality, we win. Discipleship is not easy. And yet today we are called once again to make the commitment to a life that may not be smooth, but will be sacred. A life that may not give us everything the world tells us we're supposed to have, but a life in which God will fill us up with everything we need. Do not be afraid to make a choice that will transform you every single day. Because when you do, you will find the life you have been promised. Amen.